0: This show is part of the Other Side Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to Series 8. Yes, Series 8. Episode 1 of the Binary Time Show on this 4th of July 2020. It is great to be back with a new series. I think you can detect a a note of chirpiness in our voices. It'll probably only last for an episode or two, but let's run (laughs) with it while it's there. This is Wayne here from a kind of overcast cool 17 degrees is telling me here this morning even though that is not that cool it's cool enough and um it's quite windy today 25 kilometer an hour winds uh sun cloud rain we've got it all going on today and um as you all know if this this is the ideal summer for me i'm not overheated i'm cool everything is good and you heard them already over there on the other side we have mark how are you doing mark I'm doing grand. Yeah.
0: To be honest, for me, it feels like the summer is over already. It's kind of, you know, the, the mornings are dark and dreary and it's just <laughs> mist and overcast and drizzle for the last few days. And you're just like, ah. I'm kind of, in a way, <laughs> I'm glad we had the whole COVID thing because, you know, I, I shouldn't say that really, but, just in the fact that we had such a beautiful May and mm-hmm. April was nice as well, you know, yeah. and then June, everything just started to kind of go bad and we haven't had a nice day in
1: July yet. <laughs> nope. And if I get my way, <laughs> ah. you'll be quite happy. Ah, so, happy us.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. That's the way to have it at the end of the day. You know, yeah. but it looks like it's not going to start getting nice here until Monday. Okay. Which is... Bloody typical. (laughs)
1: Oh, when you're back to work.
0: (laughs) You know, well, I mean, it's always
1: nice to have nice weekends. Sure. Weather-wise. Yeah, I guess. I guess I, I work less than you. I only work three days a week, so... I, I It sounds like I'm bragging now, but I get a four day weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's always sure. a nice day in my weekend. God, I'm particularly chirpy today. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I, it won't last. Don't worry. It won't last. Um, reasons to be cheerful. Yeah. Are you asking me or telling me? Oh, I suppose just making a statement. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I do have some reasons to be cheerful and I, and I don't know what's changed, actually. Yeah, it's great though, isn't it? Yeah, it is good. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's it's alien to me, but it is. Um, it's good to know it does exist. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you what have you been up to for the last fortnight? Well, do you remember our production meeting after
0: the last show at the end of last season?
1: I know it happened. <laughs> well, I promised to take show notes. Oh, you, did you? Oh, right. okay, I actually great. I'm made excited.
0: show notes. <laughs> right? And I had yeah. loads of ideas and stuff written down, um, mm-hmm. loads of stuff to discuss and everything. And then something happened midweek last week. And I just I have to throw all the show notes away and just talk about this. You know, oh, oh. one thing I do want to talk about actually as well is, uh, do you remember, I don't know, when is Father's Day in the
1: UK? Um, I have no idea. I think it's passed yeah. a week ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, the weekend before last, just after we recorded. Mm-hmm. And... I have to to tell everyone about this because it was just so cool. But um, my my kids had a surprise for me. So they brought me up to one of the the PCs and they said, sit down here now and watch this. And they'd actually gotten on to John Romero, the maker of Doom. Amazing. And asked him to do a a Father's Day best wishes for me. And... (sighs) In fairness to the guy, he did it and he just did the most amazing uh, little, what would you say, uh, presentation or best wishes or whatever, because yeah. mm-hmm. he's there sitting in a chair and you've got this kind of doom music in the background and he's there tapping his hand, you know, and the next thing, the, the camera shot is from behind the, the chair that he's sitting in and it's all covered in kind of gothic uh print and stuff. So you just see this hand tapping away. And then the next thing, um, the um the camera pans around until you see John Romero. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, my God, this is John Romero, you know. And the next thing he says, hey, Mark. And I'm like, how is this happening? Like, how, like is he just making some random message with my name in it or or something? (laughs) And then the the next thing he's saying, um, you're probably wondering why I'm I'm, um, wishing you a happy Father's Day, you know? And uh, I'm just sitting there going, this is getting weirder, you know? And then uh, he says, uh, it's just because of your awesome kids, Julian Allen. (laughs) And I was just like, Ah, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, amazing. I, I could not get over that they, they thought to do that. And, um, I couldn't get over either this, uh, John Romero would be so kind and so generous with his time to put that all together.
1: You know, I mean, blew me away. It was brilliant. Yeah. I just want to say, listeners, I'm looking at the I've got a front facial here of the look at Mark's face uh, as he tells this story. And the only time I've ever seen it is when he comes on to talk to me on a Saturday morning every two weeks. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, that is really cool. And you sent me the video throughout the week. Actually, that was really awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So, um, yeah. Thanks, kids. And thanks, John Romero, for a very memorable Father's Day in 2020. Wow. Um so yeah, but then um like I was saying, I had all these show notes prepared to talk about bits and pieces, but then I got my volophone. <gasps> so basically, um I'm I'm part of the I I did it, the the backer, the Indiegogo backer for the volophone. Mm-hmm which is basically a new uh phone a uh, privacy respecting phone it has its own um operating system based on android okay uh, but it also as um a secondary kind of uh goal is it also comes with ubuntu touch ah oh, okay right so they were looking for beta testers so i volunteered and the phone then arrived and it arrived was it Wednesday or Thursday okay it was either Wednesday or Thursday so I got the box anyway and it just uh, because it's a beta test it didn't come in a, a swish box or anything it just came in a basic sure. brown box Um, it had the, the phone in it one of those little pins for um opening the, the sim slot dual sims phone as well by the way awesome yeah um and uh, it also came with um with a power supply and a uh, usb c lead so i'll just bring up the specs for the the device now uh it's an arm cortex a53 processor 2.3 gigahertz uh typical frequency 2.4 gigahertz uh max frequency uh, it's an octa-core, 64-bit CPU, and uh, comes with four gig of rem of memory, uh,
1: like.
0: 64 gigs of storage. Um, what else? It has a 13 plus 13 megapixel camera on the back, so it's got a kind of a dual camera jobby going on, mm-hmm. um, and a 24 megapixel front camera. Uh, maximum video capture resolution is, uh, HD 1920 by 1080p and, uh, 30 frames per second for the, the video capture. Uh, and what else? Oh, yeah. The, the GPU type is an Mali G71 MP2 with a, a max GPU frequency of 770 megahertz. So it comes with, uh, 4G, um, Bluetooth, GPS, and Wi Fi. Wi Fi four A B G N. So and it looks absolutely lovely. You know? So anyway, um, I opened it up, I read well, I eventually read the, the documentation that came with it. <laughs> you know, the way mm-hmm. you normally kind of get something new and you just turn it on and start messing around. But then I went back to, mm-hmm. to read the documentation. Um mm-hmm because it is a uh, beta software and uh it's i suppose at the moment it's noticeably beta software you know okay. but it came pre-installed with ubuntu touch so i was able to to okay. fire up go through a very quick um startup and um i'm just loving it i mean the screen is gorgeous um and I suppose the, the basics work. So I can make and receive a call. Well, actually, yeah, uh, receiving calls is still a bit buggy because what generally tends to happen is, uh, I receive a notification very quickly, but before I can answer it, it's gone. So there's a bit of work to do there. Um, mm-hmm. texting works okay. Um, teleports is usable for me again. Great. Because to be honest, I was fine. I had to go back to the Telegram, uh, web, uh, click or application, um, on my BQ 4.5 because, um, just teleports wasn't really working. Maybe it's because of the amount of notifications I, I get on Telegram or something, but it, it was just mm-hmm. getting very crashy. But that's not an issue now on the, on the new phone, which I, I'm delighted with. I can use teleports again um and yeah the cameras aren't working either yet um but we'll say wifi is working uh bluetooth on what i have tried it with so far seems to be okay um and that's something else i want to do today i want to uh hook it up to to my car to see if i can uh use it um i've noticed podbird isn't working for me uh, the minute I open it up it just crashes. Okay. Um but I I'm I have to say I'm really, really impressed. Uh and I know it's it's beta software at the moment. I mean this is fresh out of yeah. the, the factory, you know, so there I was expecting teething problems, but I'm actually quite happy with how usable it, it is already. Right. Yeah. You know? uh, the browsing is fantastic on it and it, it's such a gorgeous screen. It just makes browsing really easy, you know. I can finally use my um, my collab email on my phone because, oh. it, you know, it's yeah, it's the right size,
1: right? Are you on the dev channel of Ubuntu Touch, or what? Or is it a stable release? I know it's not stable. I know it's in beta, but um... I'm on the edge channel.
0: Edge, okay, yeah. So um, I am expecting. I am expecting it to be a bit a bit buggy, but um, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm really impressed at, at how usable it is, you know, even now. So, and the call quality is quite good. Now, actually, that's another thing I noticed as well. I can't activate the the loudspeaker. Yes, you know, so okay. say if you're in a call, uh, when you hit the the loudspeaker function, it still stays on your your normal kind of uh speaker, so you have to hold the phone to your head, but um you know these are all just things that need to be teased out right, and I suppose they need people out there like me testing to find these bugs and help them get it sorted, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, no, that's all sounds amazing. I just pulled up the phone there as you were talking, and um. 64 gig in internal memory and expandable up to 256 gig. I mean, you mm. you can. Sure, that's a computer. Yeah. yep. Yeah. And it's, now it's, if you r- get any chance to play with the convergence side of it, I mean, I know that probably won't be a feature that's going to be available in the Vala phone anytime soon, perhaps. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of r- rambling off the top of my head here. But um, having that speed of a phone and, and using it as a desktop could be quite a. A pleasant uh experience.
0: No, I I I think the whole convergence bit is built into it like Libertine is there already. So it's more like the the um BQM ten in the way it works, in that when you flip it to its side, uh if you have your notifications up, that just goes to a small part of the screen and the rest of the screen is then, you know, available for other bits ah. and pieces. It's I love it. You know, it's I think this this is going to be a good phone to really give Ubuntu Touch a, a good run on, you know. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's all. That's all good news. Um, OK, so. Uh, so I guess I was going to ask you about app integration and um, what apps you might be using. Well, I, I know you spoke about Podbird and browsing and uh, and various Other things, but I suppose, oh, I suppose I'm kind of um, hinting at Nextcloud and all that, but I know Nextcloud isn't really fully available on, it is available on Ubuntu Touch, but you got to work at it. Um, It definitely wouldn't be for the new user, I don't think. I mean, for for tech enthusiasts, it's fine. I mean, I have my notes are synced on Ubuntu Touch. My calendar is synced on Ubuntu Touch. Contact syncing isn't available yet, um, but I believe... It's been worked on, but I read that a while ago, so I don't know what the improvements are on that. Um my all my photos are synced uh, uh on Ubuntu Touch using the UB oh using UB syncers. Yeah. yeah. Um so I would I know how busy those guys are, uh, and I would love to see Nextcloud integration come to the fore. As a privacy-respecting OS, I would love to see them jump on a privacy-respecting privacy respecting backend. but not everyone has a NextCloud instance either, so I understand uh, probably a lot more people have Google accounts than they have NextCloud instances.
0: Exactly. And I suppose that's, I was just going to come to that point. You can see why when Ubuntu Touch was being developed, why they aimed at, you know, importing all your Google contacts and everything, because... Ubuntu Touch is supposed to replace your Android device. And if you have yeah. an Android device, you're going to have a Google account and you're going to take your your contacts in that way. So I think it was important for the development of um, Ubuntu Touch that it was able to integrate uh, all the googly bits, more mm-hmm. so than Nextcloud. But having said that, I think it is important now That they get, and I suppose Nextcloud wasn't even a thing back in 2013.
1: Uh, Maybe not into the capacity it's available now. It would have
0: been on cloud at that stage. That's right, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, but yeah, I think it is important
0: now that it really should be uh, more of a, what would you say, a kind of a primary citizen or or whatever.
1: Mm Mm-hmm in the whole Ubuntu Touch world. Um, Wayne out there from the, uh, I, I forgot the name of the show now, but he does, uh, he, did a, he did a podcast for quite a while. I'm not too sure if he's still doing it on, uh, that was on the um UB Ports website. Uh, I, gosh, I should have, uh, I should have, uh, sorry, Wayne, I, 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 I'll have better um, reference to you in the show notes. But apparently he's putting together a series of videos on, um, on, on, on using ubuntu touch and importing contacts and with using vcf files i mean i just from what i understand he's that's the first video he's working on and uh, i believe there are more in the pipeline um i i understand it's a time thing as well and um but yeah that's what, uh, as soon as those become available we'll, we'll put a link to them in the show notes yeah it's just the ubuntu audiocast i think isn't it is it yeah let me t- let me try and bring it up there uh Audiocast, not podcast, <laughs> is it? Oh, it is audiocast for those guys, isn't it? It's hard to reference everybody with the right name these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't get me started, you know. Don't get me started, Mark. <laughs> it um, yeah, it. Oh, this is very bad airtime now. Uh, devices, community. Oh, of course, I don't have it available. It'll be in the show notes. Have a look. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Um. Great. Okay. So overall impressed with the Vola phone?
0: Yes. Uh, I'm thinking I might even try the the, the Vola OS itself just to, to have a look. But mm-hmm. at the moment, I'm just, um, I want to spend as much time as I can with the, the phone as an Ubuntu touch phone and see if I can help uh, clear out these bugs uh, because yeah. the phone itself is due to be released, I think it's October, November or so. Okay, so okay. there's not a huge amount of time for them left to, to kind of you know clear things up. Mm-hmm. But um, I sp- at the moment it's it's fairly usable. But having said that, I think as a consumer v- device, it isn't there yet. I mean, there's too many bits oh. that aren't working. Yeah. Um. But that's why that's why it's in testing to make sure that it is a consumer capable rated device uh, by, by November.
1: Yeah, I am dubious about how consumer the uh, Ubuntu Touch is in general as an OS for people. And I only say, and I love Ubuntu Touch. I love it. Yeah. I would use it and, and I will continue using it for, I think I will continue using it. Um, I had the opportunity to go back to Android recently and I just saw how, I hate to say this now, how slick Android is and how, hmm. um, you know, Everything that I expected to to happen there and then in my thought processes, the device fed back to me. Um, Whereas in Ubuntu Touch, that isn't always the case. And you have to work a little bit more. I'm the sort of person who's happy to put in that work. And and don't get me wrong. I think Ubuntu Touch is amazing. And I will be talking about it probably for, I don't know, the next couple of however long it lasts. And I'm really appreciative of all the work they're putting into it. And I'd rather support somebody like that rather than the Android um, community as a consumer device i don't know uh we have some pretty good tech uh tech minded people in our chat and they find ubuntu touch not ready for them
0: yeah and i suppose when you think about it when uh when the likes of canonical who okay they're not a huge company but they you know they're a decent sized open source software company like they weren't able to to consumerize it we'll say yeah Uh, so it's going to be very difficult for uh, effectively enthusiasts to to make it consumer ready but as long as it's niche ready (laughs) i'm happy
1: (laughs) hey that's all i need as well and you know what i'm happy it's it's i'm happy it's niche um and maybe that be count that might be counterintuitive to the entire uh u b ports organization i i don't know but um and perhaps of course they could do with more developers and more people um hmm. pushing code and 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 testers and everything, but I have no problem with it being niche it that doesn't bother me in the slightest, and I might actually prefer that to some extent hmm. but then you know. I don't know how that fits in the many eyes on the code kind of theory and all that kind of stuff. But um, yes. yeah, no, fair play to them. I think it's amazing and I will be using it. I, I, it, it does trip me up every now and again. And I just go, OK. I trying to think thanks for everything you've done, guys, rather than this isn't working attitude. Yeah, yeah. And
0: I suppose, you know, you're also trying to think how can you actually help to to make it better?
1: yeah. I try to feed into the chat and stuff when people kind of are asking questions and stuff, And but I don't know, I I find my helping ability is, um, oh, I don't know, I, I, I don't know what ways I can help. I suppose I could submit more bug reports. I, I. I'm not fluent on GitHub and these channels and stuff like that. It's not something I use regularly, and mm. uh, I made some changes to the manual. I suggested some changes to the UB ports ma- uh, to the Ubuntu Touch manual, and it, some guy was saying, "Oh, just put in a pull request for that." And I've never put in a pull request before, and I don't—I wouldn't even know how to. And um, so I, I, it's more learning to be able to do this sort of thing um, for me. But um, I have approached Git and GitHub of, uh, and Git related. Uh, software a few times and uh, when you're not using it regularly ugh, I don't know uh, yeah I don't have a regular experience in it yeah yeah I suppose I'd be much the same like my my um, what would
0: you say most regular uses use of git would be git clone or whatever you know
1: <laughs> yeah that's <what> it <laughs> I have got better I do go in now and read the documentation even sometimes mm. look at some of the code if really just for novelty value and I do go into uh, GitHub or wherever the, the project is hosted, and I will um, put in either feature requests or, or, or things like that. But when it comes to pull requests and, and, and code updates and all that kind of stuff, mm, I don't know, It's out of it's, that's out of my capabilities currently. Currently, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's Actually, all have, a work in progress. Have
0: you seen the, the latest Humble Bundle?
1: Uh, please tell me about it you know the the python one uh let me just I bring it up here i don't think i have uh, actually
0: oh man you're missing out Is it's it, uh, it's basically yeah. um a bundle of uh online courses for learning um programming and learning python okay yeah nice and uh it's from various different places it looks like um so it's The humble software bundle, learn Python programming with PyCharm. Everything you need to learn Python programming and make it stick. Get learning materials like PyCharm, six month subscription, Python for data scientists course, effective pandas, data driven web apps with flask and SQL alchemy and more. So there's even a Python for the absolute beginner course is the the very first one, which you can get for just a dollar. Uh, Python tricks videos, you know, it goes on and on. And I actually got it myself. And I'm, I've told my, my children that they're sitting down with me and watching (laughs) these, the, the Python for the absolute beginner. So that, um, you know, we can go through it together and get them good at programming, basically.
1: So, so these are also, all videos, are so you telling me? No, not all videos.
0: Oh. Uh, you also get books okay. as well. Uh, there's the Python tricks, the book, and uh, the self-taught programmer book. That actually comes as a course and as a book. So I had a, a quick mosey through that. And uh, the, the author is a, a self-taught programmer who landed a job, I think it was with eBay. And uh, it was then that he found out how much... He hadn't learned uh by self teaching, yeah, uh, and how much he had to learn and this this book basically puts all that together for for anyone else who's uh deciding to take that route,
1: so it's great brilliant yeah, I might definitely have to jump on that,
0: yep, eighteen days left as of today, the fourth okay. of July
1: great. I mean, the other uh, Humble Bundle I have come across recently, and I think we might have even posted it in the elusive chat, is the, Hmm. what do they call it? Circuits and Electronics. Circuits and Electronics, yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's, I mean, it's endless, isn't it? It's endless. Uh, I actually got that
0: as well. Did you? Oh, amazing. I I just did a bit of looking into who was behind it. And I was impressed at the, the guy's credentials for the, I think it was the foundation. The Electronics Foundation's books. Okay. You know, I mean, the guy has won awards for teaching electronics and everything. mm mm-hmm. Um. I still have my, my Malvino book from all that time ago in, when I did, wow. you know, electronics that's in college, rough. but that's uh, quite some time ago. That was a great book as well, actually.
1: Yeah, really, yeah. No, so there's plenty there to, um, there's plenty there to whet the appetite. Um, oh, big you time. Know. And all the, the Arduino and BeagleBone stuff and that, you know. That's right, yeah. Uh, and it's not just, you know, focusing on a particular device either, actually. Well, you know, uh, it's, some of the books are kind of more open, open approaches to electronics. The fundamentals of electronics are the ones I think you were talking about earlier. Sorry. Yes, yes, indeed. The Humble Bundle
0: yeah. <laughs> I know. They cost us a fortune. Cause I am there I'm I keep on making these resolutions with myself I'm not paying any more attention to the humble bundle, you know. <laughs> until I've at least finished one of the books
1: <laughs> that I've bought. <laughs> sure. I think it's just and nice go, to have <laughs> some of them to jump in when you do, when you are working on a Python project, or if you are working on a bit of electronics that you've got a reference you can go to. That's not always just some post that somebody made online. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And it's it's almost a meme in my household now that um, I say, oh, I have a book on that, you know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very good. I like it. Yeah. So, and I mean, I I have been using them as well, though, in all fairness, because uh, myself and my, my daughter have been doing a bit of a, a web course. So okay. she wants to to make her own uh, website. So I said, instead of me trying to, to teach her my crappy web ways, we would actually sit down and do a course together and, you know, learn, get a structured learning experience. Great. And uh, she's loving it and she's actually getting into it that's brilliant so yeah happy days. so anyway i better stop waffling on and ask you what have you been at
1: i was happy to sit back and listen there for a while that was quite nice actually i i didn't have to engage the brain too much no disrespect to your fine company and everything (laughs) i don't know what way to take that (laughs) uh the best way possible um so I did do a bit of looking up while you were chatting there. And it's the Ubuntu Touch audiocast that Wayne is part of, that is uh, who is trying to put some of those Ubuntu Touch videos together. And that is available on the Ubiports, ubiports.com website. Um, I have been all over the place technologically. Um, I, so, so far, so I, I don't know where to start. But let me start initially by saying it is a delight to start Series 8 back on NextCloud Chat. Yes, indeed. It is great, isn't it? Now, I have had problems with my NextCloud Chat because I'm using a PFSense router in my setup. And and this has been not working for us for about a year mark or more, is it? I don't know. Maybe more even. I'd say,
0: yeah, we did all of Season 7 anyway in Jitsi, wasn't it?
1: On Jitsi, yeah, I think and so. Probably a lot I think of season so. six I, too. And I was gutted because I'm actually quite proud of my next cloud installation. And ever since I moved over to a pfSense router, for whatever reason, the the connection between that the that WebRTC needed to 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 push traffic out of the router and back, um, it went down, and I wasn't sure why. And I looked into it, and I got a bit overwhelmed with the with the information that was coming back to me, and Didn't quite know where to start, even though it was all there in black and white in front of my face. Sometimes I just need to process exactly what's going on and figure out what the issue was. So what I actually needed to do was install a turn server on my next cloud instance. And I also um, managed to encrypt the traffic that's going over and back between us, um, which wasn't too difficult to do. I have links in the show notes. I won't go into it much more than that, but actually getting... And the turn server actually just got installed on my next cloud instance. So initially, I thought I needed to install a complete other server that was whose sole purpose was ah to be a turn server. And um actually, that wasn't the case at all. I just needed to install a turn server on my next cloud instance. Now, I think that works well for maybe three or four three or four participants. You and I did a bit of testing throughout the last fortnight. To see how many people we could pull up on Next Cloud Chat. And we were struggling once we got to five, weren't we? Five and six it was kind of tripping over a bit. Yes. But another thing I did actually was up date my PHP instance on my NextCloud server to PHP 7.4. I went straight to 7.4 initially because I was running a NextCloud 17 uh, uh, dot something, something, something. I um, uh, probably got 0.6 actually uh, for quite a while. And uh, a lot of uh, my uh, cohorts were on um, NextCloud 18. And I was kind of, you know, it's always nice to have the new shiny latest features, etc., etc. et i et And I'm, I'm, I'm always curious as well to... To see what, what improvements they've done and, and how they've, uh, you know, improved the whole suite of apps that they give. And I've always been impressed with Nextcloud, actually. And uh, mm. it just seems to get better and better, in my opinion. But when I upgraded to Nextcloud, or to PHP 7.4, it didn't want to run the Nextcloud update. So I had to update to PHP 7.3 first, then... Um, and then I just ran the web updater, actually, and it told me that Nextcloud 18 was available and uh, it, it updated to, uh, I think, the latest version of uh, Nextcloud 18, which is 18.0.6. And um, we, ha- we tested talk after that and we had um, quite a bit of fun playing around with it, actually. And, um, and, and that's all working. And, it's deli- and I'm delighted to be back on a self-hosted solution running the show from technology that we own. Yeah, yeah it was kind of exciting, really, wasn't it? Yeah. And of course, me being the way I am, I'm all ready for Nextcloud 19 because in Nextcloud 19, the talk, is it talk nine or talk 19? I can't remember now. Um, Talk nine, I think, isn't it? Is it nine? Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Um, Talk nine uses some uh, video compression algorithms to allow for more participants uh, to be in the chat. And I'm actually quite excited to test that as well. Um, And I just, yes. We were
0: kind of watching that as well, though. Remember, we were looking at how the, the race of, um, the race, the, the data race was adapting as we added more participants and stuff. It seemed quite clever, even at the, the talk version you have.
1: That's right, yeah, and and I just think I think the Spreed people have open sourced some of the code of available that has gone into Talk Nine that 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 does this uh, compression for more participants in a chat, and it also brings gallery view. And in the days of Zoom and Jitsi and these other uh, video chat clients, at the moment, it would be nice to. Um, you will notice the Binary Times photo on the website is taken <laughs> with a little me in the corner and a big mark. Back to the old days. Uh, once yeah. we get back to Valerie. Uh, Valerie, once we get back to gallery view, Mark, we're going to be even, Stevens, on the uh, on the, yes, uh, <laughs> the drinking um, challenge. Indeed. Um, and I just want to, for the record, the drinking challenge is just being able to press print screen and hold a mug at our faces <laughs> at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning. If we get through that, we've done well. And it's a photo for the show. Indeed. So that's all been quite exciting. Uh, really enjoying Nextcloud 18 and just delighted that it's all working. And um, and yeah, I, uh, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm ready for the web updater to tell me that 19 is available. And you've been upgrading in place now since, what, 12, 19? 13? Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, I, I think so, actually. Uh, it's, it could go back that far. Um, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it has been in-place upgrades, actually, and never a nuke and pave. And, um, and look, there's been the odd time where I've had to delve into the command line and sort of do a bit of looking up and go, oh, you know, remove this file. But it's never been terribly challenging. The turn server stuff tripped me up for a bit, which meant just meant that my talk wasn't working. But we were still using Nextcloud for all the show notes and for... Mm. Sometimes for transmitting the audio, even though we just drag it into Telegram these days a bit. But um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm always pleased to use it. And, you know, this whole idea of, you know, having your own cloud, basically, Uh, except the next cloud Um, (laughs) and and using that, I don't know, uh, warm, fuzzy feelings inside for, you know, uh, keeping our data ours.
0: Yeah, big time.
1: So... (laughs) Carrying on from that I have as you probably well know I have quite a few Raspberry Pis around the place especially the 3 B pluses and I don't know how much I spoke about this last time but I have a so I have the Raspberry Pi 3 B plus and I Ubuntu server is now officially available for the Raspberry Pi. They've got an official build. And I thought, okay, it's time to have a look at using the Raspberry Pi in uh, server scenarios. And, um, And I didn't want to go down the road of full VMs as I did with KVM. So I started looking more and more into Docker. Now I realize I'm about 3 years late to the party as usual but I don't <laughs> care it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. And um so I, I so I've I've really um, been impressed with what I've seen and how and with the few tests that I have done. Now just for a bit of background uh, you have so KVM loads a full stack onto the so a full you need to install the operating system you need to install the software that you want to use in the operating system you need to update the operating system and it sits as a as an individual virtual machine mm. on a hard drive as a disk image shall we say yeah whereas docker uses the existing kernel that you have uh, that you're using like the host kernel i suppose it would be called in a vm environment And just pulls down uh, loads of people have built various Docker images for all the various services, etc. And um, it's got a much lower footprint than KVM. And that's why I thought I could put it on a Raspberry Pi. And I know this is there's nothing new about this whatsoever. Um, This is just me getting around to it. Um, and I've been really impressed, actually, with just putting Ubuntu Server on the Raspberry Pi. Ubuntu Server 2004, it's the newest version of Ubuntu Server I have, even in my own infrastructure at the moment. And I uh, installed Docker on the Raspberry Pi. And I've just been kind of looking at a couple of online um, tutorials uh, on 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 how to use Docker, etc. And um And I just have to say, I'm really impressed. Really low footprint, depending on the application you're installing. It seems to have a low footprint on memory and CPU power as well, which is great from a Raspberry Pi 3B plus um, scenario. Hmm. And I, I have to say, I am absolutely... My ideal goal would be to replace my entire infrastructure, even the Nextcloud server, with a Raspberry Pi running Nextcloud on Docker running my websites on docker, running my simple help instance on docker and running my mumble server on docker. Those are my four main services at the moment. So I am so this is all this is all just in testing at the moment. It might I don't know how long it's going to take me to 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 work this out. Um nonetheless, for a number of reasons I want to do with this. One to lower my um, power draw footprint, it would be great not to be running a big server. And if a Raspberry Pi can handle this, you know, much low, more, much lower wattage draw, mm. I'd be, I'd be keen to implement something like that and feel like I'm doing something good. And um, of course, a big factor in making this work for me as well is when the Raspberry Pi guys uh, implement. Uh, booting from the USB port. Now, it is available at the moment in beta, I believe. It is possible to boot from the USB, but I don't know. I don't really want to have a beta image in production. Um, I could do it, use it just for testing. And I know you could boot from the USB before, but you had to have, I think, the boot partition still needed to be on your micro SD, SD card. card. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I would like to avoid the SD card altogether and just booting directly from an, an SSD. So if you've got a Raspberry Pi, a latest version Raspberry Pi or a three B plus, and and um and you're booting it from a, an SSD USB, I mean one of the kind of. I suppose a, a single point of failure on the Raspberry Pi for me was the micro SD card, and being reliant on a micro SD card for—I know you've this. had great fun with this—but um, mm. being reliant on a micro SD card for, you know, potential production services, um, I wasn't keen on on doing that. However, the possibility of running attaching an SSD drive to the USB to the USB port of a of a Pi and um, and, and having that sort of speed of transfer for that you get from an SSD as well, it's not just the the, uh, the the reliability of the SD card or the micro SD card, but also the speed of transfer you're getting from an SSD drive. I I think it makes the Pi a really so I'm I'm on Pi Docker SSD new server environment for me. That's what I'm running and that's what I'm testing at the moment. And um and so far I find it all quite exciting. I I do, I I think that's why I might even be in a semi-chirpy mood, actually. And um, because just playing with something new and actually getting somewhere. Yeah. I do find that it's not a problem getting my head around what I want the technology to do. Where I fall up is, where I fall over. If I fell up, that would be even better. Where I fall over is getting the conf files that's the bit that takes me a little bit of time is the new new ways of 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 declaring networks or declaring instances and and how that you know and it, it's not overly complicated either i have to say but it's just getting familiar with the host of 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 new commands and new ways of laying out the the yaml files for docker et etc um that's what's taking its time yeah I
0: suppose there'll always be
1: something won't there there will. And sure, if I did it all in one afternoon, where would the fun in that be? Not exactly. Need something to keep the, the smile on your face. <laughs> oh, and um, long may it continue to uh, grow. Indeed, indeed. I have a small surprise for you because I have been gifted from my partner. I don't know if you can see that. Can you do you know what that is? That's, that's a Raspberry Pi...
0: That's not a Raspberry Pi four, is it? It's a it's an eight
1: gig Raspberry Pi four. Oh my gosh! Now I I know I was said that I'm going to hold off to the Raspberry Pi five, but I was <laughs> gifted this. I was gifted this, and um, so uh, yeah. So I've got I've got this eight gig Raspberry Pi four with a Ubuntu server on it at the moment, and uh, it is coming along with it. Because yeah, I
0: was thinking like I, I uh, to I I'm gonna have to stop doing that. That's my second time. Season eight is starting well, <laughs> <laughs> but um, like I would think, uh, you know, your Raspberry Pi three B plus even would be a bit limited, especially in terms
1: of RAM and what you can do with it as a server. Sure. So one gig yeah. of RAM isn't going to you know, that's not going to run Nextcloud and all these other instances and things like that, but it just was kind of my test environment.
0: That's what was going through my head when you're, you know, listing out everything. I was going, gosh, that could be tricky. But yeah, I'd yeah. say on a on a Pi 4, with especially with 8 gigs of RAM, you'll be flying it.
1: And give me that SSD connectivity through the USB-C port, or USB, not the USB-C, the, the USB 3 port. Um, mm. And uh, I don't know, I think it's a viable option for for I mean, like these services. If my next cloud servers goes down for a while, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. If my web server goes down for a while, do you know what? It's not the end of the world for me either. Um. So I'm I'm not looking for this high availability production environment. It's a home lab, but a home production lab. That's the difference. I I use all this stuff and I yeah. rely on it. Yes. My uh, my Ubuntu phone is intricately integrated into my next cloud instance not even intricately I just knew what to do and what apps to set up and how to set them up but um it so it's if my next cloud instance went down it well of course all the data is already on my Ubuntu phone it wouldn't be the end of the world um but um you know I've been really impressed with the way docker does things and uh, it's it fits the it's news to us section its <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. uh yeah and and Mark I have pulled up an Ubuntu, an an a, 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 a nextcloud instance a nextcloud 19 instance already on docker on this pi and it's running. Okay. It's obviously not web it's not obviously not web connected it's all just running on my lan at the moment. But it was quite simple.
0: And did you uh, have a look at the the new talk on that?
1: No, this is all done on my LAN. Really, I, I haven't even fired up Talk. I think I, I don't know if I, I think I, I think I just installed Talk last night, but I, I definitely haven't tried it. Right, right, okay. I haven't got like yeah, so it's not. This isn't exposed to the internet yet, and that's tricky because when I expose it to the internet, to move my old system off and this system on, it gets a bit complex because of. The firewall rules that I've currently set up on my router—they do a very specific job—and I'm not using a reverse proxy at the moment. I'm using ports, proper old school. Nobody does that anymore, but I do. And um, so somebody does this. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, thank you for <laughs> that jump. It's nice to feel special. And um, but one of the first things I will be doing is installing traffic, which is a reverse proxy Docker image on this Pi, And that will be handling all the back end port numbers. And once I get that set up, oh, man, I'm going to be so excited because I've been dealing with port numbers for quite a while. And it's a pain in the butt when you've got individual port numbers and you're trying to get Let's Encrypt SSL certificates for individual hosts on that are not on 443 or 80. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can do a reverse proxy with Squid as well.
1: Weren't you trying that before? I haven't tried Squid at all now. I have tried. I was trying to do a reverse proxy with Nginx, but I got so far and kind of fell over a bit and didn't go back to it. And yeah, I I know it's doable, but with a reverse proxy with Nginx, I was was installing another VM and it was just another VM to manage. With Docker, Mm. it's really just pull down pull down the traffic instance send it up and you map out the areas because docker once docker once a docker image closes it's gone so for example once you stop a docker image all the data and everything's gone so what you've got to do is map out the temporary docker location it's like a it's like a a, a link file in linux so you're linking where your nextcloud data might be out to a folder on your Pi, basically, out to a, v- a real folder so that when the next cloud instance goes down and when you pull it back up again, it just points back to that location for the config files and the data files.
0: Okay. And Camille, why why use Docker? Like, I mean, Docker is just a kind of container solution, isn't it? Yeah. So this is a proper new question, like, but what does it do, we'll say, in comparison to the likes of a Snap or... LexD and Lexi and all that kind of stuff because there are other containerized kind of solutions.
1: Yeah. I, look, I, why use Docker over those? I don't know if I can give you, I have so much time in my day and I choose a, I choose a technology and decide to sort of put my mind into it. I have scanned Lexi and LexD before and I, there's just a lot of tutorials out there on Docker, and there's a lot of people using it. And even the self-hosted show—they are using Docker all the time on numerous Raspberry Pis, actually, for for all their instances. And I reckon those guys know stuff. And I am um, sort of what do they call it—hanging uh, on their coattails or whatever that phrase is. No, oh, fair enough. Um. So, uh, yeah. So, but, uh, but the more I look into it, it's. It the low footprint is really good. Um the the pre-built images is amazing. The um oh, it it's the simplest Nextcloud instance I have ever pulled up. Now I, I have never ran Nextcloud as a snap. Um but I have I, I built it from scratch with PHP and installing MariaDB and, and um but cause I like the kind of fine-grained the fine grained uh, inter oh god I, I can access the con files and I can mm. kind of make the changes I wanted to make you know and it seems like I can do this in Docker as well because the con files are just pulled out to a location on my Pi yeah okay whereas in a snap I, I, I don't know how to edit the conf files I'm sure it's possible I just don't know how to mm. that would be my main reason good stuff. So that's been my last fortnight. I'm pretty busy. It has been, um, tune in for more updates on that because that's probably what I'm going to be talking about next fortnight as well. Nice. (laughs) I suppose that kind of brings us around to under the hood. Does it under the hood? I suppose it does. Would you like to kick it off?
0: Yep. I can do. Um, yeah, my under the hood is an application called Cadmus. So it's something I just came across there recently and uh, I was testing it there earlier in the week and it's amazing. It's basically, it's a voice noise suppression utility for Linux. So, um and when, when I use this, uh, earlier in the week, it was absolutely amazing. Like I was able to bang away on the keyboard while recording my my audio in Audacity, and it didn't register a bit. Right when I did talk, you could hear some of the some of the the keyboard clicking. But you would almost expect that it's not going to be able to discern exactly what is noise and what is voice, you know, totally mm-hmm. you have some but it still reduced it. Right. You know, and, and when I wasn't speaking, there was no, no noise at all. It was absolutely I I was blown away at how good it was. Now I actually meant to use it for this show, but I just couldn't figure it out. Uh with Nextcloud Talk and Audacity. Uh I wasn't recording anything, basically. So mm-hmm. I just decided in for the sake of starting the show this morning, just to, to leave it off. But yeah. uh, it's definitely something I, I want to use in the, the future.
1: It sounds you great. Uh, as you were telling me about it earlier, I was uh, really looking f- forward to um, uh, f- feeling the effects. Or, or You know, it would come out in the audio. It's less editing at the end of the day. Isn't that what it is, really?
0: Exactly. Exactly. You know, no editing. Well, that's not true. But uh, <laughs> yeah definitely would take as I, I find um especially with with my audio there's all kinds of background noises that need to go <laughs> you know <laughs> so uh, if if there's a utility out there that does that for you sure yeah, it's definitely something neat yeah. to to look at
1: i look forward to sort of uh, hearing how you integrate that and how we can get it working to to to, to do what it's meant to do mm mm-hmm. Definitely. That'll be
0: another thing that I'll be talking about more in in the future. Great.
1: Um, I'm going to uh, give a couple of under the hoods from people in the chat. So Dave earlier on in, I don't know, in the last week or so, shared with us a website called SimpleMobileTools.com, And it's a group of simple open source Android apps without ads and unnecessary permissions with customizable widgets and it's a replacement for the you know the i think the stock android apps if i understand that correctly and it just gives you a link to a gallery a calendar contacts notes a file manager draw uh, music player flashlight voice recorder sms messenger dialer calculator app launcher clock camera etc. Um, if you have a look at the, the website in the show notes, um, these are all open source tools available for you to use on your Android devices if you want to take a small step towards uh, free or an open source software. Yeah, that was a good one. All right. Um, ben, of course, um, always has a few uh, interesting little links and things he puts in the chat. This is one from him. Now, I didn't try this because I don't have a Chromecast, but he, he opened up uh, a message not so long ago saying, mm. anyone else using Chromecast, I've just discovered cat, C-A-T-T, cast all the things. Um, he said on, termac, on Termux, it's a PIP3 install cat, uh, and then you can cast... Um, you can go cat, cast, HTTPS, uh, a YouTube video or whatever to your Chromecast and it will appear uh, on your TV or whatever. So nice one, Ben. Uh, another gem. Mm, big time. And the one I am going to throw into the mix, because I've been talking about virtual machines and containers, it's a DJ where video. I do watch some of his videos and he offers a nice, succinct explanation of vms uh, versus containers and i will put a link to that in the under the hood section excellent so uh that probably brings around us around to our irish saying mark um i'm really hoping you have one this week i do
0: and it kind of um i suppose it was something i was talking about over it's the earlier it's the, the way i feel about the the summer at the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's this. Ta. Or what is this
1: actually?
0: <laughs> Ta Ansara Heart.
1: Okay, you're going to have to translate that for me. The summer is over. It's over? <laughs> <Of course>. Okay. <laughs> wow, it's only like the
0: 4th of July. Uh, okay. I know, but we, like, since May, we haven't really had a summer. <laughs> If it's I just taken yeah. June was quite hot in parts, but it was very stormy then as well. It's just and taking July a break. just started. Yeah, it's yeah. taking a break. It's, it's been.
1: It'll get its second wind, hopefully, by August. September will be beautiful. The temperature will be lower. The sun will be out. The. Blah, blah, blah. All that good stuff. <laughs> Indeed. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, okay, I'm going to wrap this up, Mark. Do. Please write to us. We haven't been yes. getting enough emails. Please write to us. Info at the BinaryTimes.net. We would love to hear from you. It's great to be back for season eight. Uh, those of you who listen all the time know that we do not take a break. We just go from show to show. Every fortnight, we get to look at each other and uh, <laughs> and look. Thankfully, the grins are still there. Um yeah. f- and for however many years we've been doing this now. Um, anyway, uh, so I didn't mean to ramble on. Uh, listen, thanks to all our supporters. We actually stopped our Patreon over f- since the beginning of COVID time and so we haven't been charging any of our patrons for the last... Uh, number of uh, uh, episodes so just to let you know we will be starting that back up again for season 8 so if you want to pull out, pull out now if you want to support (laughs) us, support us now and um, thanks to everybody who has been supporting us all the time that is greatly appreciated Uh, yeah thanks to all our listeners Um, hope you enjoyed this episode Uh, it's great to be back for season 8 and we'll see you all next episode
0: Indeed. And I'd just like to say as well, all the support and encouragement we get through the, through the Telegram channel and through the emails, you know, it's, it's really nice to know people are listening and that they enjoy what we do and
1: they feel they can contribute, you know, through the channel or through email and stuff. It's, it's nice. It's actually really important to us, uh, more important than you can imagine. Hmm. All right then, folks, catch you all next fortnight. See ya. Bye. Mm-hmm. You were listening to a member of the other side podcast network find more of our shows at otherside.network